Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geese geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always... That's not actually true at all. This is the first time you've been with me. I'm just so used to saying that. <laughs> it is sometimes <laughs> guest host of Beer with Geeks, sometimes guest host of Supergirl TV Talk, co-host of the Marvel Alliance and the Fans Without Borders podcast. It is Brent. How are you today? I am doing wonderful. I am really excited to be here. I uh, bucket list item for me. I've been waiting for the call, waiting for the call to help out with beer with geeks for an episode. So wait, wait, I, wait, I wait. was very excited. Wait, this is, is this your first beer with geeks episode? It is. It oh is. my gosh, Brad, this is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had done an episode with Frank without me. Oh man. No, I think, I think we talked about it once, but forever ago, but no, it's, there's been plenty of Supergirl TV talk, but now I'm like, the major leagues, the beer with geeks. Yes. Welcome. And we're going to talk Spider-Man. Yeah. This is so exciting. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, so um, Brent has uh, Brent has been, gosh, I think you've been listening for a long time, right? Uh, yeah, long time. Yeah. I, I basically discovered the show around when I discovered Supergirl TV talk. Okay. I don't remember which was first, but... I was, I mean, I was there at Supergirl TV Talk to hear you make the Martian Manhunter call. So it's been at least that that long and around that time frame of I've been a listener to Beer with Geeks. That is so exciting. Well, I'm so glad that I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, you're a great you're a great host of your own shows. Actually, you. since you're new to this show, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your shows before we start? Uh, yeah, I'm a co-host of Marvel Alliance. It's a weekly show where we pretty much talk all things Marvel, be that the television shows, the movies, comic books, whatever we feel like talking for the week. And then uh, Fans Without Borders, where we talk Marvel, sure, but we also will talk Star Wars. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about a book of Boba Fett when that wraps up. We'll talk DC when those projects come around. You know we'll have a Batman review in a few months. And so we just kind of talk all of it, and that's a bi-weekly show. That's great. And I, I've said this before. I've said this on Supergirl. I'll say it here. I love Fans Without Borders because it is exactly that. Everybody just gets along for the most part. And <laughs> and you can just like it all. And I think that's really wonderful. And uh, and so um, you are not a drinker on Beer with Geek. I'm, so. I'm not. That's always been the big flaw with my, my goal here. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> That's okay. But, you know, I don't like to make people uncomfortable when they come to visit our show. So I am drinking a water. I'll have you know. Oh, I am okay. not drinking well, I am not drinking a beer. Um, I, I am pure water tonight. Uh, and so um, so we're just moving on. Is your water good? 
Mine's it's, fine. It's very tasty. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> the, the it's tasty. Maybe you should get your water checked if it's tasty. Uh, like <laughs> anyway. We're here to talk Spider-Man No Way Home, the third in the in the MCU's Spider-Man lineup. Um, you've been on, I, it's just before the show, you've been on a few reviews, obviously, mm-hmm. of, this, of yep. this movie already. This is the one. How many times have you seen it? I've only, I'm going to say only. I've only seen it three times. Real life has conspired against me to, <gasps> to get to- more viewings. Three times in, let me see, uh, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday... Uh, Monday too. So it's been out for six, five, six days. I saw it Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. That's awesome. I'm so jealous of your life. I I, wish there was there there was a scenario where there could have been at least one more in that time frame. But it's a busy time of year, and when unexpected things happen on top of a busy time of year, you're just thankful to get three in. I'm. I was thankful to get one in. Like I can't even. (laughs) Like I barely. Like I. I like barely snuck it in like it was amazing like i'm lucky that the theater is literally five minutes from my place yeah, of employment yeah. and like, like i could like and there was a show 20 minutes after i got out of work so i bought a ticket i grabbed a co-worker who who um who we do uh our own podcast actually for work together um and so we um, that is not on the Thought Bubble Audio Network, and uh, but we, but I grabbed her and I was like, "Come on, we're going to see Spider Man." She was like, "Yes, let's go." She had to like call her husband and be like, "So, uh, I'm seeing Spider Man without you. <laughs> I'm sorry." <laughs> well, <laughs> this is where you you say you're not in the Marines and you will leave someone behind. That's correct. So there's a movie to be to be seen. There's a Marvel movie, and more specifically, there's a Spider Man movie. That's to right. Be seen. So, um, I loved it. I don't know. I mean, obviously, if you saw it three times, you decided to go back two more Fantastic. times. Fantastic. Everything I realistically wanted and not something I thought was going to happen but really didn't know what at the same time. So it's like just – it's like they just tailored it for me. It was so, so beautiful. Yep. I'm, I'm, I think it, it got tailored for a lot of people, and I don't actually really want to dance around anything. So we're just going to talk spoilers from, mm-hmm. from here on out, No Way Home. Um, so if you haven't seen it – we stop the podcast and, and come back and listen at another time. Um, but we both loved it. You should definitely go see it. Um, and I know Frank will like it too, which I think is important uh, here. Frank will Frank will love it when he gets around to seeing it. Um, but uh, so spoilers from here on. Spoilers from here on out. Um, obviously, the elephant in the room. We got three. We got three Spider Man in the room. We got Tobey Maguire's back. Andrew Garfield's back. Tom Holland's back. Obviously. Um, you knew they were coming, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had seen one of the leaked photos by accident months ago, and so, and it definitely wasn't doctored what I was looking at. So I was like, ah, "Did back. you see the leak of Andrew that where he was like kneeling down, leaning on a rail?" I actually saw a leak of Andrew and Toby together in costume, without their masks on near okay. the rail. Um. um I have looked some of that up after seeing the movie. Yep. But the only one I actually saw prior was one of Andrew. Okay. So you at least knew that he was back. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. Did you think that, did that take away from your enjoyment of the film? I mean, so I went with my wife and my good friend Brock and they both pretty much knew the same thing. My dad went with us and he didn't know anything 
And so I, I don't, I, there is a part of me jealous of the experience that he had. He knew, he knew Spider-Man. I don't think he even knew Dr. Strange. And I am, I mean, yes, I'm a little jealous of that, but at the same time, I'm never going to give up following the rumors, following, following the trailers. I do think the scoopers went a bit too far, but I think that, uh, you know, the people who follow the scoopers push them to go that far. So, I mean, it's questionable who ultimately is the flaw, but you know, like when you went and saw Avengers Endgame, yeah, knew Spider-Man was going to be back, right? Like you knew the guardians Absolutely. of the galaxy yeah. were going to be back. It's all a question of how they do it in the execution. That's ultimately the payoff. And for that, this movie still delivered and quite literally with its own version of portals and it's still delivered for me. And so, yeah, I knew it, but I, that did not diminish the smile on my face watching them come through. Yeah. I, um, I actually think it added to my enjoyment of the film knowing that they were in it because I expected them to be just based on everything before seeing leaked images or any, you know, like madness of the multiverse, no way home. Like it just kind of felt that it was going to go in that direction. And so knowing they were in the film, I sat back from minute one going, I'll see them at some point. So I'll just enjoy the ride up until that moment. I didn't expect them to be in the whole third act of the film. Yeah. Like I, I had heard rumors that ran the gamut of five minute cameos to 40 minutes. And I'm very happy that it was, I don't know the exact time, but it was much closer to that 40 minute mark than it was the five minutes. Like they were like significant parts of the movie and in all the best ways, like giving us time to sit with them for them to just talk the three Peters, just talking and comparing notes. I could watch a two hour movie of that. Same. And I think, I think that, Feige especially knew that's what people were, were garnering for and not necessarily like a like like a cameo is fine. But each of these characters has um, an arc that carries through from their previous mm-hmm. films. And I think that is I, I think that is um, I think that is what is masterful about this film. Then let's talk. We could talk about that first and then talk about the rest of the movie because I don't want to diminish the rest of how sure. good the movie sure. is, you know, just because of these cameos. But, you know, so you have you have Tobey Maguire who like has been Spider-Man the longest, obviously, and like the way he portrays Peter as soon as he like he's. He understands the importance and significance of his role as Peter Parker, right? His thing is like, I sense that the Peter of your world needs me, like, yeah. and that's that's huge, right? You know, that's like, like Toby Toby's Peter is like almost completely selfless. That's the kind of person that he is, right? Like, even going back to Spider Man One from two thousand two, you know, Green Goblin is like, why do you do what you do? And he's like, because it's right. That's his, you know, it's the right thing to do. And that is his through line through everything. And that goes right up until the moment where Peter one, um, Tom Holland is going to kill Green Goblin mm-hmm. and Peter mm-hmm. two, Toby Maguire stops him because that's the right thing to do. That's the kind of person that he is. He has. Toby has been in that place twice. Right, his history. He's been there with Uncle Ben's killer, and he's been there with Sandman. Right, he nearly kills sure. Sandman in Spider-Man Three because he feels that you know because of, again the Uncle Ben connection. So you can trace almost everything bad that's happened in Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker's life to 
Norman Osborn, and he still stops him. That's the progression of his, like the completion of his full arc. I love that. It's absolutely. Great. And earlier in the movie, then when they're just trying to come up with the different cures for everybody and the Peters are all doing the science thing together. Toby, Peter two says, I'm going to figure I've got, I think I have the formula figured out for Norman. I'm going to make that. And he looks at Tom Holland's Peter and says, cure everybody. That's the goal. Right. And so even there, like that just kind of shows like his goal is to cure everybody. He doesn't want anyone to die. And really none of the Peters do. It's just the Tom Holland. Peter has literally just experienced the worst loss of his life. And that's saying something considering what happened within game. But for him personally, the, the death of Aunt May is the worst loss of his life. And he was blinded by rage. And I was very thankful that the other Peters, I mean, predominantly McGuire, but both of them played their part, were able to snap him out of that so they could administer the cure to Norman Osborn. Yep, I, I agree with that. And, like, there's a... Peter 2 knows what Peter 1 is has gone through because of Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. But also, sure. like, Norman almost killed Aunt May. He almost killed Mary Jane. Like there's a like a like a really long line of stuff that he th- because of Norman Harry dies. Like, you know, that tries to kill him and dies. It's always because of Norman all the way through. And so for for Peter to put like to be like cure everybody. I've thought about this for a long time, meaning that like he died, he partially blames Norman's death on himself. I probably could have found a way to save him and I couldn't. And so this is him saving Norman in a way that he couldn't, you know, back 20 years ago. Um, and I really like that. I, I love that about his character. Um, switching over to Andrew, who I think is the, the goat. He's just so good. Um, um, you know, it's it, when he gets plucked he, you know, he says he got dark, right? You know, he yeah, goes from this. Yeah. He's in a he's in a dark place. Maybe the Spider-Man of the Venom Morbius world, the Sony world, right? Because there's that scene in the Morbius tra- one of the Morbius trailers that has Spider-Man on a poster and it says "Murderer" across yeah. the poster. It's Toby Spider-Man in that from the PS4 poster. game. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just to really right. make it, you know, nice. extra. But but oh my gosh, I I would I've said for years, year like way before No Way Home was ever even talked about that it, can we just Andrew's a good Spider-Man. He'd be great to be the Spider-Man of the Sony universe and let Tom Holland play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. and everybody wins. Yep. And now I kind of feel like everybody else agrees with me now. So I'm like, can we just make it happen, please? Yep. Cause like, I know there's rumors and stuff. Rumors have been flying all weekend, but I'm like, can we just, just make it happen? Just mm-hmm. get it done guys. What, what I found so interesting about Andrew's portrayal of Peter three is that he clearly still loves the character and he was trying really, really hard to like, show like, like, I know the movies I was in were not the best of the bunch, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't understand the character and he doesn't have a love for it um, because he is, he was a remarkably good Spider-Man and Peter. I loved both of them. Um, and tonally his movies do fit right into Venom and Morbius Agreed. and all of these. Agreed. It's, it is clearly the same world. And I, um, 
I would love to see him come back in some way. But I loved their interaction, the three of them, where it's Andrew's Peter that's down on himself. He's like, no, 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 I'm not as good as you guys. And they're like, no, 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 you are. You are as good as Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland. We promise. Yeah, you're you're amazing. amazing. (laughs) Yeah, you are as good as us. In fact, like he's actually might be the best of the three um, in his own way. So. Uh, I love that. And, you know, in in the completion of like not, you know, you see this everywhere. It's not exactly revelatory here, but, you know, he, you know, he couldn't save Gwen, but he thought long and hard about how to save her, how he could have saved her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for him to take that and save MJ was as important for MJ because, you know, saved her life. But it she saved his life in that moment by actually being in trouble. Um, I love the emotion on his face after he makes that save. Oh gosh! As yeah, and beautiful. they 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 just hung on it for a few seconds. And I I know in the past a lot of people criticized Marvel for cutting those moments short and telling a joke. And while I don't necessarily agree with that to the extent that a lot of the criticisms go, there is some truth to it. And here in really this movie, several times they let those moments hang and sit, and they just focus on on Peter three's face as you know, he's starting to tear up and he's like, I'm okay. It's like, I just need a minute. I'll get right back in there, but just give me a moment. Cause yeah, he figured it out. He figured out how to make the save. He couldn't make before mm-hmm. beautiful moment. Yep. Gor- yeah. Be- gorgeous for, for all of them. This whole movie is about second chances, right? And cause that's the, the whole idea, save everybody, but it's a, it's a, second chance for for toby to save the people he didn't get to save previously Mm -hmm. um it's the second chance for andrew to prove himself and that he can be like he can be spider-man uh he can save people he can save himself it's it's um second chance for norman and for otto and for all these people over and over and over again and i just think that that lesson is so important for for the world even right now. Like, because you know, like, we're very much a you messed up once, you're out of here kind of kind of society right now. And right. I think a, a second second chances go a long way. And um, and uh, it it takes a lot to to see something as serious as like what some of these characters have done to these Spider Men, and for them to still be like, no, your life is worth saving. That's really powerful. It's and it's it's really important, and I can't really overstate that. Uh, and so I just I just thought that was that was lovely. Um, let's talk about Aunt May, who gets a really big sure. moment in this movie. She she's the one that delivers with great power comes great responsibility. How did you feel about that? It's an interesting twist. Um, I I kind of felt like this is the movie. I was this was one of my predictions. It didn't happen. It's like this is the movie we will get a definitive true Uncle Ben reference. And okay, technically we did. They just came from Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield referring to their Uncle Bens. But I, so I feel like there was an opportunity for them to do that. But looking at it, I, I heard it said that this movie completes and not said official just analysis of the movie completes the origin for tom holland's spider-man because spider-man is not spider-man until he's been told with great power comes great responsibility and he learns that lesson and while he has shown several times how serious he does take responsibility you could make an argument that he has now truly been taught the lesson by losing that loved one by losing his parental figure 
and being told the line. And not only did he lose the parental figure, but it was at least partially his fault because of his hand in bringing Norman Osborn across the barriers anyway by messing up the spell or by his contributions. Not entirely his fault, I would argue, but he at least had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. And it's different, but honestly, it really worked well for me. I really liked it. Yeah, I did too. And I, I think it. Um, I, there's so much in spite um emphasis and importance placed on uncle ben and may is really kind of left in the dust so much not that she's not central to peter's life but she's like center left to peter's life where yeah and yeah. you know like ben holds that importance in his martyrdom and so i um i love that she's his focus and he's her focus and it, it it's um um he needs she he doesn't need her death to learn the lesson but he needs to understand that even in what she would even consider in that moment a sacrifice like that that like her great power is taking care of him her power is protecting him and helping him to grow into the person that she is and that she takes that she took that responsibility very seriously and now it's mm-hmm. his turn to do that and even in her death you got to do the right thing. You have to save these people. It's not about revenge. And I, I think that's, I think that's ultra important. Um, and, uh, I love that. I, I truly love that. It was her. Um, I don't know if it was Marvel, always Marvel's intention to kind of do five movies of Spider-Man where he's like built up to this giant thing only to go to, to be basically back to basics, you know, like, your cruddy apartment, your tailor-made suit at the end, you know. But I actually, that's the Peter Parker cycle to me, where he does have a lot going for him, and it all comes crashing down because he forgets the important lesson of power and responsibility, and he has to rebuild that cycle. As we all do, we always forget the importance of, like, the power that we hold, and we have to kind of relearn that every so often. And I think this is... Peter understands power and responsibility from Civil War. He, that conversation with mm-hmm. Tony is really enlightening in, in what in what Peter believes. But Yes, I love that scene. When you can yeah. do the things that I can, but you don't, then the bad things happen. They happen because of you. That is the great power line, just modified. And I, I think you're right. I don't necessarily know that they always knew they were going to go this way. In fact, I am fully convinced that this was not the original movie for following up on Far From Home. But then as soon as they realized they could start getting – Toby and Andrew to sign on and Alfred Molina and William Defoe and Jamie Foxx. Like when they realized they could pull this off, well, they made a, they made a pivot that they would have been, it would have been a tragic mistake not to make because mm-hmm. I know everybody's saying we got to get more Spider-Verse live action Spider-Verse movies. And I'm right there with them that I would love to see it, but I don't ex- like right now. My brain is at I just saw what might be a once in a lifetime event. And yeah. if I'm wrong, if I'm proven wrong, wonderful, but I'm, enjoying it with that frame of mind right now and so i'm glad they made that pivot me too and truthfully i don't need to see it again i think that it did everything it needed to do where where peter these his three movies are really about his the search for a mentor right you know like Mm -hmm. you know it was tony then it kind of was mysterio but that didn't turn out so well um, for reasons and he was kind of nick fury and all that stuff and it it turns out that he had a mentor the whole time it was may and she was really his guiding light and he 
finally understands that. But then it's himself or other versions of himself that teach him to believe in himself. It's kind of like the self-id-ego, super-ego pep talk that he ends up having with himself um, existentially. And I, again, I, I love that because he is finally who he's supposed to, who he's supposed to be um, as much as he, you know, as much as he can be. And that is, I think, all coupled when he shows up at the donut shop at the end and he doesn't reveal himself to to MJ and Ned because he at the end of Spider-Man 1 Tobey Maguire rejects Mary Jane, right? And he says, "Nope, just mm-hmm. as a friend." And you know, and he says, "I, you know, like this is my gift, this is my curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man." That's this moment for Peter 1. Right? Yeah, it's the moment where he realizes if he tells them who he is and tries to get them back in his life, he's starting what he will view as a cycle over again of putting their lives in danger. That's and right. He, he was going to do it right up until he saw that bandaid on, on MJ's forehead. Yep. And, and it is that moment that he realizes that with, again, great, that this is also great power, great responsibility. It's not just about protecting the universe in which you are so good at now fighting aliens, but it's about, you know, it's about protecting the people in your life. That's why you wear the mask. It's about it's all those things. And, um, you know, and I uh, I just I just loved I just freaking loved all of it. Um, let's talk about the villains um, and not villains. Um, Electro's uh, we got a we got a new updated Electro um, much better than Spider-Man 2, though. I really sure. did like I did like the blue. Truthfully, I thought he looked very cool in the blue. I never mind the look of it. Uh, I think it's clear Jimmy Fox didn't like the look of it. Um, I I feel like that's probably the first thing they said is you don't have to be blue. But I I like the changes they made to him. I think they work while still keeping the continuity that he's the same person. Yep, I I enjoyed that. I did not expect Thomas Hayden Church and Yvonne Reese to be back playing Sandman and Lizard in the capacity that they did. I just thought they would like show up at the end or they would be muted characters but we got a lot of sandman in this movie and i i appreciated it a lot and i kind of questioned it because during the trailers and stuff and i didn't hear anything confirming either of them were back and so i thought well maybe they had to recast or whatever and okay well it sounds like there was a lot of adr used and i guess especially with thomas hayden church like he could just couldn't be on set and so a lot of adr was used for his stuff and then there's actually a shot apparently from spider-man 3 when he At turns, the end, when he turns back into mm-hmm. a human, it's a reverse shot of him melting in the tunnel from Spider-Man Three, right? And so, but they're they still they were a part of it. Like, it, there's something just amazing. It's like the original actors were a part of all of this. All of them, right? We're ta- everybody's talking about Toby and Andrew, but I'm like, but you like you don't get it. It was also Sandman and Electro. And Doctor Octopus and the Green mm-hmm. Goblin like yep. it, and the Lizard and I think um, I think they weren't on set because of COVID. I think that was actually why they weren't okay. there. I, okay. So I think that's what that's what I had heard. So they did um, they just did their their subs and dubs afterward, which is why their back to human shots are from their original films. But I didn't care. I thought they were. I thought it was well done. I loved to see them. Um, I liked that they were very careful not to make Ock supervillain because that's so important in Spider-Man two. Um, but I love 
that this Norman, the Willem Dafoe's Norman Osborn is just one of the worst MCU villains that like in any universe, he's just a terrible, terrible person. And he's so good at it. I loved it. I loved it. One, I love the updated look because I've never been a huge fan of the old costume. I'm glad we saw it. Yep. But for me, it's like, show it, establish continuity and move on. And that's what they did. And William Dafoe, his green goblin just skyrockets up in that top tier of MCU villains now. Because technically, not only does he have this movie to draw upon for his, but he has the villainy from Spider-Man 1 with Tobey mm-hmm. Maguire. Because it's, you know, it's now truly connected. And it just, green. I mean, for me, Green Goblin, I don't know, I'll, I'll die on the hill that Green Goblin is Spider-Man's biggest enemy. Specifically oh, me too. I will, I will die on that hill with you. Absolutely. And so him being the one to kill Aunt May, him being the one to put Peter to this test, to drive him to the point where he almost commits a murder it it just it's just right green mm-hmm. it's just right and william defoe is so good as green goblin that was one of those things where i was like yes i would love to see an mcu green goblin but man is there do they have a hard comparison in front of them and now i don't even think they should do it honestly part of me is like don't even bring in another norman osborne because they're screwed <laughs> they're screwed no i i i'm with you i i would have loved uh an original goblin but i'm also fine being like having Willem Dafoe's Goblin be such an impact. And I agree with you about the losing the outfit and the, and the update. I, it, the original outfit has grown on me over the years, you know, maybe nostalgia, you know, and, you know, updated 4k, they actually like light a lot of the, they light it in purple a lot of the time. So you do get his contrasting colors. And so mm-hmm. it's nicer to look at now. But, um, I think that even Norman fulfills a bit of his own, like his own stuff. Whereas, you know, like, the his movie with Toby is all about like the push pull between Norman and the Goblin and back and forth and you know he, he doesn't kill Aunt May and he doesn't do the you know but now like he's like no I'm I'm full like I full I'm fully Goblin's fully in control and it's like he's unspeakably evil. Um, what I what I liked about ditching the mask so much is that Defoe made his face the Goblin. Yes. And that, yes. like it, the way that they shot him is like it's very angular, lots of good shadows, but he accentuates his features to be monstrous. And I just thought that was like that was awesome to see that to see that go down. Um, like, yeah, I just I can't I think this is this might have turned into my favorite MCU movie. And that's, you know, a lot standard. of people have told me that and I, I, I get it. I've, you know, I, I won't go quite to number one, but I've got it ranked at number two right now. So yeah, it's right like, now I, it's, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Right now I have it ranked at two where with um, winter soldier still like at my number one, but I really don't know what's holding. Like, I got to see it again to see if it was sure. like, the yeah, shock of give everything. It more than once. You got to give it more than once. Yeah. But, um, I just thought it was great. I love that we get the, you know, the little bits that you have to pick up on, like the spiders, Spider-Man pointing at one another um, was great. Um, Toby's thought, back. Toby's back. Toby's back. And, yeah, I exactly. Mean, just, that whole story there with his back and from Spider at the end of Spider-Man 2. And I, the meta jokes in it were amazing. They were fully intended. And I don't think that they overdid them either. Like I thought there was like just enough meta for me to like for me to be in it without them i feeling like they winked at the audience too too much 
Um, right. and I thought that was, I thought that was really important. Um, I, let's talk about Ned actually, okay. you know, we talk about these other things. How do you feel about Ned having some magic, some tingly fingers? I think it's interesting. You know, I, I watched that. I'm like, oh, I don't know how people are going to feel about this. Cause you know, Stephen Strange really struggled to make the portals work. And then the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, he did say that he, his grandma said that they have magic in their family and that he was feeling some tingles in his fingers. And then he got the ring sling. And unlike Stephen Strange, Ned has always been more of a believer in the fantastical. He has mm-hmm. always been more ready to accept it than Stephen ever was. And so it's not like he controlled the portals so much. I mean, I think we saw that it wasn't exactly a controlled effort, but that he was even able to tap into it is some, I hope they come back to it. And Dr. Strange clocked it. He, he realized he made that portal. And so I really hope that something comes of that in the future. I do too. Um, I, Marvel doesn't really drop its threads. I think that's a pretty big thing that they would. It would be odd to drop completely. Um, but uh, especially since you know Ned has this whole conversation with Peter's two and three, and he's like, "Oh, do you have a best friend?" He's like, "Yep." Tried <laughs> yes. to kill me, and he died in my arms. And like Ned's like, "Oh my god, is there another Ned Leeds out there?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he's a bad guy. Like he's the like Ned Leeds mm-hmm. is the hobgoblin. So not that I expect you to be that necessarily, but for him to be like, I promise I'll never be a supervillain. That's good meta <laughs> joke. And um, Andrew Garfield just gives him a pat on the back and like a thumbs up with yes, like yeah, good, right. good, good job. Good don't job. don't kill your best friend. Good yeah, good. write that down. <laughs> um but what I think is interesting is that so like Ned says like I will never like I will not be a supervillain. Ned doesn't know Peter anymore, and we actually don't know the path that Ned's life is going to take. And so it could they could weirdly wrap it back around where Ned can and could become villainous because of the absence of Peter in his life. Um, and so, yeah, like, but Peter I, I would know him. Need, yeah. I think he'd need some development to get there. Like, I don't oh, see sure. this not Ned next, being not a villain. Next movie. Absolutely but, not. But, you know, you never know what happens in the future. So You could take him on an arc. You could. Yeah. You could. Um, I... Um, the, going back to the Stephen Strange thing, Strange's hands were also and ours was also messed up. Very right? good point. Very good point. Yeah, and I think that not just the belief, but I think like medically he like had an issue with some of the magic, and so that that took some time for him to get over too. So, um, yeah, I kind of liked it. It didn't feel as shoehorned to me. It's like going off a of Supergirl as Lena getting some super getting some magic. Oh. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, it didn't feel like that to me. I, I was like. I'm going to roll with it. Let's, let's, let's that sounds fun. Like I I like it. Um D- Tom Holland himself. Uh we haven't really talked about him. Um I thought that he I think he's always been a good Spider-Man, but I think the movie actually gives him something to really bite into and work with instead of just little character bits like outside of his movies, he's not obviously the main focus and so he's there's not tons of development available for him, but uh this is the movie that allows him to stretch his muscles quite a bit. And I like where he took his Peter because he's, he, all three Peters are distinctly different from one another. Um, but enough that I go, yeah, that's, I recognize you as Peter Parker and I recognize you as Spider-Man, all three of you for different reasons. And I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It, I've been very happy with Tom Holland. I mean, he, he is my favorite Spider-Man and he has been my favorite Spider-Man and not to say I don't, 
love and appreciate the others for what they bring to the role because they are also Spider-Man. But it, Tom Holland, he's just the one. He's just the one that works the best for me. And I feel like this was by far his best performance. And I don't even think it's close. Uh, far from Home, Homecoming, or any of the three team-up movies. I don't even think it's close to the performance that he turned in here. And it's really a testament to both the writing and his performance that, granted, we tonight have talked about the rest of it a lot more than him. But when you actually see the movie, I don't think anybody really thinks he was overshadowed. And he, I mean, he's standing next to a couple giants in Spider-Man history there, and he stood right there with them. And I, to me, that, is just a testament to the performance he's done, his growth as an actor. And at this point, I'm the I was convinced going into it he was going to end up off rolled in the Sony universe and that he would have left. And in fact, at the very end when they were doing the spell, I was like, Oh, here it goes. He's gonna get chucked through the spell or through the portals by Strange. And I was very thankful to be wrong on that prediction. I'm now just hoping for more, <laughs> just more Tom. And I think they can bring the scale down too. I, we don't need to try and match this. Let's let's have a movie that tones it down a bit. I agree, and I think that um, I think that's that's really the point I I love by the end of the film. It is a this back to basics approach. Like he's back in New York. He's the friendly neighborhood Spider Man that you recognize, and I don't need to see other worlds. I don't need to see space. I don't need like you've had those adventures. Now it's time for you to settle in as a good old daredevil team up. Maybe Um, my dream, my dream movie is now possible because of that. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean like what a great, what a great week. Um, what a great week that daredevil. Oh my gosh. Daredevil. The show (laughs) was having. Yeah. Between like spoilers for Hawkeye, you know, actually by this comes out, it'll be a, a, a few old, but you know, like, so Kingpin is in Hawkeye. Matt Murdock is in Spider-Man. We're, we're feasting. This is, uh, Yeah. Yes, it's like I'm so close. Like I seriously like since Ben Affleck in 2003 I've been like I need a Spider-Man Daredevil team up in live action. I love it in the comics. I love it in the 90s animated series. I need it in live action and if you just want to really make it perfect for me, it's against the Kingpin with a little dash of the Punisher and I'm like can we just have the Netflix actors please? Well, we got two of them. We got two of them and I am so excited about that. Yep, me too. I, I there's something I particularly love about um Matt Murdock being the uh lawyer for superheroes in some capacity. That always just makes me so so happy. And I I loved seeing that as a little bit here cuz you know, he knows but Spider-Man uh, yeah. doesn't know. And we probably will see him pop up in she I mean, how do we not see him pop up in She-Hulk, a show about a superhero lawyer? That's how do you not great bring point. in the other famous superhero lawyer that you've now confirmed you guys get up have in your sandbox again? I agree. It, but someday, you know, I'm like, I, I, I do want to see that project with Daredevil in the title. Disney Plus movie, I don't care. My, is, my assumption is that he'll be an Echo Right, because they've you know they they announced right? yeah yes, they announced Echo. She's obviously connected to the Kingpin. We're not going to resolve that story in Hawkeye in in fifty minutes, and so I think um, I think that's where we're going to end up seeing Daredevil next. And I, but yeah, you know what? It's got to be. I'm so excited. Um, just one last thing. This is so brief that I I want to mention before we wrap up that uh, sure. I love that Peter uh, hacked Octavius's arms. 
because that's not a technology that existed in in his in his world at the time. And so Peter using the tools that are available to him in that moment in a way that Toby couldn't do. I love that. I like that it separated him out in that in that way. Um, and uh, yeah, I just thought that that was uh, that was clever. I guess. Yeah, you know, a lot of people had had clocked that red in the trailers on his tentacles, and was like, "Oh, he's gonna steal some of Spider-Man's nanotechnology, and he's gonna take it over." And it's like, "Oh, here it is. It's taking up." But no, it, it, he wasn't stealing it. It was taking over, and it was a great way to control. But even before that, for me, I really enjoyed seeing the Iron Spider legs versus the Dr. Octopus tentacles. And Otto even says like, we, Oh, we have competition or something mm-hmm. like that. And just visually it's, it's just one of those things. It's like probably not ever going to see. And Oh, here it is. Yep. And we're giving it to you. Actually what I didn't think I needed in my life, but I turns out I did was Norman Osborne and Otto Octavius in the same scene, having a conversation, uh, you know, about science or them like, uh, like acknowledging all these different villains, acknowledging the existence of one another, like Electro being like, yeah, tried to turn everybody into a giant lizard. Not cool, man. Right. Like, not cool. Yeah. Not cool at all. Not cool. Yeah. It's just a tree. It's just a tree, man. Just a tree. Um, yeah. I, I, I very much liked that. Like, yeah, we're aware of the actions of each other. You know, these are big Im- moments in our, our lives, but um, there's something about Norman Osborn and Dr. Octopus just like, being in a room that's just that gets my comic book jollies in a in a jumble i love it um yep but we could talk about this movie for a long long time um and so but i am going to be respectful of both our times because we're dads and it's time to go to bed so um so uh tell the people where they can find you one more time Sure. I'm at Brintech Prime on Twitter. Uh, Marvel Alliance and Fans Without Borders are the two podcasts that I am a part of. So we would appreciate you checking them out. Excellent. And uh, you can find me at TimothyPG13 on Twitter. You can find all Thoughtbubble Audio shows at ThoughtbubbleAudio.com, uh, BeerWithGeeks.com. For more Beer with Geeks content, you can also check us out in all of your favorite podcast apps and rate and review us there. Of course, an email is at beerwithgeeks at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be talking Spider-Man more once Frank sees it. I think we'll have another conversation. I'll have another conversation with Good. him um, because we barely scratched the surface of what is there to talk about in this movie. This was the broadest of broad strokes um, because it's oh so good. And I can't wait to see that new classic blue and red Spider-Man suit in live action again. Oh, so pretty. It is so pretty it's the shiny blue i think that really gets me i love the shine it's just so pretty i have so many cammed photos on my ipad in my camera roll just from this movie over and over and over again i love it so much um anyway that's it for us uh thanks for joining Uh, until next time cheers